0: Good morning, Good morning everyone. I hope you have a wonderful day. We continue we Left Off. We're in the 7th chapter. Kabba Khema, Meruba, page 76A. Top line. We dedicated to our brothers and sisters in the Holy Land, especially those on the front line. All the wounded have a full speed of recovery. All the hostages return home safely. medium. So it says in the Mishnah, "Ganu ve'higdesh Person steals and then the thief sanctifies the sheep with the axe and then he slaughters and he sells it, so he has to pay double. But there's no, he doesn't have to pay the four or five. they ask in the yeshiva, because he slaughtered. We're talking about it was after years, the owner disappeared, right? And then it became Hegdish because you transferred property, possession. Okay, so now he's slaughtering an animal that belongs to Hegdish. And there's no penalty of, uh, you don't have the penalty, it's only for a private person, not if you steal from the Hegdish or if you slaughter yourself. He's not slaughtering the animal that he stole, it's no longer the owner's. Ella. Hagdish. <laughs> but the question is why do, why does why is he exempt he has to pay for hegish <coughs> but if he the fact the, the act of hegish itself the act of hektish itself should obligate him to right. pay. What's the difference? Please right? It's basically you're transferring out of, In other words, what did you do? It's bad enough that you stole it. But when you stole it, you obligated to return the item itself. So it's, so it's not so bad. There's a moment where you find the thief. He'll have to return the item itself. Now you've deepened the theft. The plot thickens. Not only did you stole it... You intensified the, de- the, the, the 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 thievery because now you slaughtered it, so now it's used. The, an- the animal can never return, be restored to the owner. And when you sell it, now it's effective. Now it belongs to, 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 to the owner. So now the uh, now belongs to the new owner. So now the owner can never get back his animal. So the same thing is when you sanctify it, it's lost. The animal is lost to the owner. Why in the world shouldn't you pay the four or five to the owner? you cause them an irreparable loss an irreparable loss you can never get back the animal you've given away to the temple that's what the Torah says if you sell it and he caused the owner an irreparable loss, and now it belongs to the to the new owner, and they can never get it back. The Torah punishes you and penalizes you. You have to pay the owner four and five. So by by sanctifying the animal, it's the same effect. So you should pay the owner the four or five. Exactly. money money. You know our mission follows he says that it's still it's still that the that if it's a, a, a nether the owner made a, an oath and a commitment that he has to make a sacrifice and he designates an animal as a sacrifice so its it's considered the owners even though it belongs to the temple considered as if he owns it. Because you cause the own, it causes the owner a loss. If if anything happens to this animal, you cause the owner a loss. Therefore, um, so even though the the thief designated the to the temple, it's he still owns it. It's not like selling. When you sell it, it's completely out of the hands of the thief. I've given away the animal. Here, it's as if the the thief still retains ownership of the animal. He never really fully sold it. Because if anything happens to this animal, he has to to replace it. So in a way, he still owns this animal. He never really sold it, never left his, his possession. He says wait a minute I'm going to say for uh, Rabbi Shimon Haba. but then the Mishnah concludes Rabbi Shimon argues so from this the beginning of the Mishnah is not followed up Shimon Rabbi argues with the Tanakh. Tanakh doesn't make any distinction it doesn't matter what kind of animal what kind of how you designated the animal how the thief designated the animal whether it's an oath or it's a, or it's a promise an oath or it's a uh, voluntary donation either way even in the case of an oath the Mishnah says that you don't pay the four and five. Then Rav argues. and Abishman says no. He makes a distinction. It depends what kind of uh, what kind of uh, sanctification you made. It's an oath or, or it's a donation. In the case of an oath, you are you do have to pay the four and five. So, so the rabbis disagree. So how do you explain the rabbis? And what answers? Rather, my a mission is talking about. We're not talking about he made a donation as a burnt offering, or made a commitment to burn the burnt offering. That's kachum We're talking about kachum kalam. He he volunteered, or he or he committed to to, to, to bring a peace offering. Peace offering is a lighter, a lighter, a lesser, a lesser level of, of, of holiness. since the owner gets to eat from the animal, only a small part of the animal goes to the, the and the and so therefore, it's considered like it, like he he possesses it, he owns it. Never really left his property so you can't, you can't hold him so you can't say the act of designating the animal the act of sanctifying the animal it's the equivalent of selling it's not it never left his possession but you're telling me in the case of then you wouldn't so why does the mission have to make a distinction early on of that if he he sold and he slaughtered it and then he sanctified it then you have to pay four and five he should say even uh, something even more novel live listening to today. When win? do we say that the act of sanctification is not considered? You don't have to pay four and five for that act of sanctification. You only pay the kaful, kachim khalim. If it's a lighter sacrifice, has a more intense level of holiness. For example, he committed or he volunteered and he designated the animals a burnt offering. Then the act of sanctification itself Sanctifying this animal that he stole, the sheep or ox that he stole. Sanctifying that sheep or ox as a burnt offering. Or a cow, that or this or this calf, that itself would trigger that he has to pay. Because that's an act that totally, it's totally it's the equivalent of selling it. You've totally transferred it from from the property, your property, your possession to the possession of the Beis Amigdash. Uh, and you've completely irretrievably taken it away from the owner so why doesn't the Mishnah let us know such a chiddush really there's no distinction it doesn't matter what kind of katsh you don't pay four and five The you're asking the act of does, the act of sanctification itself should be the equivalent of selling and it should trigger the penalty in four and five so I'll make a distinction when you sell it to a private person, before, previously, it belonged to Reuven. And now, after you sold it, it's called the Axe of Shimon. So the name changed when you sell it to the heaven and you sanctify and it. It designate it as a sacrifice it doesn't change before you sanctified, it. it was called the axe of Reuben it's still called the axe of Reuben but it's called the burnt offering of Reuben it still has the same name it's not called the axe of, uh, of Hegdash Therefore, it's not considered a total mechida that hasn't totally left, hasn't totally left, left his domain. Now Mishneh Rebbe and he does make a distinction, depends, whether it was the sacrifice he designated was a commitment, a promise, or it was just a donation. if it was a commitment you have to pay four and five and if it was a donation then you don't <laughs> <laughs> explains Amli in the, the, the Yeshiva they asked he, the, they understood what Rabbi Shimon is saying is the act of designating as a sacrifice is considered like we said earlier, is considered that you—you—it's it's the ultimate act of theft. It's the same of selling it to someone else. You, you've irretrievably removed it from the owner. But he's making a distinction weird out. No. So the server it's true the server should make 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 But never you bring me byly said the exact opposite that coach him should have if you're responsible you made a commitment an oath a promise then you should be exempt the catle because it's still in his domain it's only in a case where it's just a, a donation and there's no personal responsibility so then it completely leaves your domain and now it's totally the base of English so it's an act of selling but what does Rabbi Shimon say? the exact opposite he says in a case where it's a commitment and you do have the penalty of four or five in a case where it's a volunteer then you don't have the penalty I'm a the answer Rab Shimon Rav Shimon some Distinguishing Between A commitment and a, uh, and, a, and a donation A promise And a donation is, to, is, re, is responding To something else He's referring To something else This is how You have to learn The mission. We learned earlier in the, Earlier In the mission You steal From a thief The second thief Doesn't pay Four and five if the second thief then went ahead and slaughtered it and sold the so to so do whoever steals hekdez and a zabaidlim in other words the owner already designated as a sacrifice right and then the thief goes and steals it and he slaughters and sells it there's also he's exempt he doesn't have to pay for the theft for the, for, the, for the slaughtering and for the selling my time are wise but it says we're going from we was stolen from the house of the owner but not from the house of the thief and not from the house of hagdish. so if he can can, if he's not liable to pay Kefal there's no penalty of Kefal Kefal is only if you steal from a private citizen not if you steal from hagdish so then you don't either have you can't have the penalty of the additional penalty the penalty of a three acts and two sheep four and five. and this Rabbi Shimon comments Rabbi Shimon Eimer, he makes a distinction if the owner is responsible if it's a commitment and a promise so therefore it's still his he still possesses it so when the thief stole from the uh, the owner, the animal that he already designated as a sacrifice, since it triggers, now he has to replace it. So it's as if it belongs to the owner. He stole he has to pay kefal. If there's kefal, and then if the thief went ahead and slaughtered it and sold it, you have to pay the full four and five, four sheep and five axles. But if it's just a donation, you don't pay for the keifel. Because you're not triggering, you didn't steal from the owner, you stole from Hashem, you stole from the base of Ignaz, you stole from the altar. You didn't steal from the owner, it doesn't trigger any payment in the owner's part. He's done, he designated it, now belongs to Hashem. He has no responsibility. Like in we're going to be if also there's no no penalty of, uh, of four or five. The says, Magdi, let's see. We know that Rabbi Shimon We that said We learned earlier That if you slaughter an animal And it turns out the animal has a defect The animal has a fatal illness It's going to die within 12 months It's fatally sick it's not kosher. You can't eat it. So the whole shit is not a shechita. So you don't have to pay the penalty for slaughtering it. The x 3 the extra. Three. It's not called a shit. So therefore, kachim nami. So why to you say the same with kachim? Shechita shehnerui. The should not be a good shechita. How can you say that in the case of kachim? If it's kachim kal, I mean, if it's if it's a uh, uh, is responsible. And then the, the thief went ahead, went ahead and slaughtered it and sold it. He has to pay four and five. It was not shkiteru, really. because if you slaughter the animal outside the base of mikdash, I can't eat it. So why the Reb say you have to pay? Mm-hmm. He came from the land of Israel We're talking about He did slaughter the animal it doesn't say he slaughtered it outside the base of Mikdash Where does it say he slaughtered it outside the base of Mikdash? He slaughtered it the, the thief slaughtered it in the base of Mikdash He brought it to the base of Mikdash He gave it to the king to slaughter And he even slaughtered off it for the For the sake of the owner so, it's a kosher the, the owner fulfilled his, his duty, his obligation, his promise, his commitment. <laughs> <laughs> so then, then it's okay. Why, why does he have to pay anything? What do you mean he causes the owner, triggers the owner a penalty upon money that he has to replace the animal? Why does he have to replace the animal? He, he restored the owner, he gave it back to the owner. The owner fulfilled his obligation. The owner doesn't have to bring another sacrifice. No, even if he would have returned the animal to the owner, what, what, what could the owner do with this animal? There's only one thing the owner could do with this animal bring it to the base of So, we have an answer talking about that after he slaughtered it he poured out the blood it was never pour, sp- sprinkled on the altar so the animal is disqualified it's not he does it, the owner did not fulfill his obligation so now the owner has to bring another animal so it was a kosher shechita but the owner has to bring another animal another version he also said when came he said he said he was a kosher slaughter in the Beis HaMikdash. But he didn't bring it for the sake of the owner. He offered it like he's offering it himself. So the carbon is kosher. And you're allowed to eat from it. So it's a good shechita. But the owner did not fulfill his obligation. That's why you're triggering the owner. The owner has to now pay and come up with a new sacrifice. Another answer, Ishlaki like says, the animal became defective. And since it's defective, I'm allowed to slaughter it outside the base of So it's a good shechita But the owner is has to fulfill his debt, his obligation, his commitment. He has to bring his sacrifice. <laughs> He didn't understand any He didn't understand any of these answers. He didn't understand any of these answers. He didn't He it's the sprinkling of the blood. Materas. In other words, what makes it, you're saying it's a kosher shechita. Why is it a kosher shechita? Because you're allowed to eat it. But if you didn't sprinkle it properly, then it's not a kosher shechita. So why should you pay the penalty? How could Rabbi Shimon say you pay the penalty in four and five? It's only if it was a kosher slaughter. That leads to eating. If there's no eating, then 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 then, then it's not a kosher shechita. So he doesn't understand that answer and he doesn't understand it's not enough to slaughter it just because it has a defect you're not allowed to slaughter it you have to first redeem it so when he slaughtered it before he redeemed the animal it's not a kosher shechita it's not a good shechita so why is there a penalty? It answers these questions. Ishtam, ishtamite Rav Lazar forgot Rav Shimon said any blood that's about to be sprinkled is considered as if it was already sprinkled. <Lay-my-brCUBE> the any anything that will be redeemed is as if it's already been redeemed. So even though practically the blood was not yet sprinkled. And that's why the owner does not have to come up with a new animal because the sacrifice doesn't do it for him. And even though he didn't yet redeem it, but since it could be redeemed, therefore, it's a good street. What? Where do we know this from? We know there is a noise. that if you leave over the side, you're not allowed to leave over past. It's there's a deadline. So, so it's possible that. That the, the food now, the noisa now becomes Tumasechlin. If, and if a dead mouse, a dead rat, a rodent touches it, it becomes Tumasechlin. And then if it touches other food, it, it contaminates, it imparts in contamination to others. Yes. But then there's a nicer. But ain't no Tumasechlin that that since you're not allowed to benefit from the noisery you have to burn it you know have to eat it you know, to benefit so therefore it is not how is this what, what, when, when do we say it is and when do we say it's not if uh, it before the, it was sprinkled before the, the blood was sprinkled during the day the animal was slaughtered before you had a chance the long then it's too late you can't sprinkle anymore it's already night time then you're not allowed to benefit. in benefit then then. but if after the blood was sprinkled properly and then it was left over past the deadline then since you we were allowed to eat it after the sprinkling so it's considered food even after when it becomes prohibited even after it becomes prohibited it still remains classified as food we know that what do you mean it doesn't mean before we sprinkle the blood on the altar it means before he had a chance to sprinkle the blood when he says, uh, he doesn't mean it was actually sprinkled. It means, it was worthy of being sprinkled. Explains. What do you mean? There was no time to sprinkle There was no time. He slaughtered it at the end of the day. There was no time to sprinkle it. You must sprinkle it during the day. The shach right before sunset. It was never classified as food, so it does not become tumaseich. If, if it was after, it was enough time to be like, It was during the day. You slaughtered during the day. He had plenty of time to, to sprinkle the blood, even though you actually didn't sprinkle the blood. That was classified as food. I'm um, we see. Doesn't that doesn't actually have to be sprinkled? Have been sprinkled. You have to have the time, the potential to be sprinkled. Okay, so that's a proof. We know that Shimon holds like that. How do we know the this That if it's ready and worthy of being redeemed, it's considered as if it's redeemed. We continue. Everyone have a wonderful day.